Good evening. So good, good to see you back tonight. Thank you for coming as we have joined together to worship together and to spend time uh, praising God. We have something coming up. We have a family day that's coming up. And each year, from what I've been told, there's certain things I, I find out as I'm here that are traditions here, that uh, you have a day where you come together and worship that morning. You go eat lunch, come back, and have an early service around 1 o'clock. And then that evening, uh, that afternoon, families get together and do different things, and different people plan different things for, uh, to happen. Uh, I understand there's been hiking, there's been concerts, there's been ball games. A lot of neat things happen that day. And we're stressing that the church family here finds things to do together. You may have some new ideas for that and some things you think would be really neat to do. If you would, please see Tim Martin. Don't complain about anything, but if you'd go and see Tim and uh, talk to him and say, hey, I've got this really neat idea that I would like to do, I think it could be huge because it would be a great day for us to spend that time together, and I think it would be a great blessing. So let's go to God in prayer as we begin. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity we have to worship. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for the guidance we should have from it. Lord, help us tonight to, to look to you for the answers in our life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. you ever been confused? Have you ever had one of those times where you're like, you know what, I, I could use some uh, uh, advice, I could use some assistance, I, there's some things I could learn how to do, and I really would like to do that. Where do you turn? Years ago, we turned to family. We'd ask our mom or dad how to do the things we needed to do. Now we do. We can go to YouTube and learn how to build a house. I mean, it's amazing what's there, but I am shocked at times where I see people go for advice, Okay. I think what scares me, and I see Facebook being one of those places, is I see people ask medical questions. Like, here's a picture of a rash. What should I do? One, I don't want to see your rash, okay? Two, go to a walk-in. Go somewhere and get help because the people who know what to do to tell you legally won't tell you what to do because there's a liability. Your doctors and nurses aren't answering those questions. It's people guessing. I'm not sure I want to trust my health to people guessing. I find it an interesting place. People go on to, to get information and to get advice, believing that would help, you know. And I think there's confusion there. What about if you wanted diet advice, can I tell you, you would not go to Boss Hog, okay? He would not be your top choice. Honestly, he could probably tell you what to do to lose weight as much as anybody. Those of us who struggle with weight have probably lost 500 pounds, that same 50 pounds, about 10 times in our life. We continue to gain it back. So many times we know what to do. Our body just doesn't like to cooperate. And, and you know, what if you, you know, you would probably try to find people who are nutritionists and people who are coaches to help you on that. What if you wanted help on a marriage advice? A few years ago, just a couple years ago, Brianna and I were engaged and, and then went on to have a, a, just a beautiful wedding. And before that, can I tell you, I'll come back to her in a second, I sat down with people and asked them what some things I need to know about getting married. And we would go to supper and take people to eat who had been married for a long time to try to gain some information. And, and as I would say, I, I trust those people, but I would not trust Tammy Wynette, she could sing, but she sung Stand By Your Man, yet was married five times. That makes an interesting chorus. Your man, your man, 
You know what I mean? That's a, it, the song just doesn't flow that well when you do it that way. What would you do? We had a wonderful couple at Spring Hill named Merle and Norma Wheeler, and as of now, I think they've been married 74 years. We wanted to talk to them about what would it take and what do we need to know and, and, and what can we learn. And, and, and uh, it, it was amazing to be able to sit down with people who we trusted who, who could help us. What about if you want parenting advice? If you're having problems with your children, who, do you, who would you go for help? Most of us would not go to Barney Fife. Why? Because he has no children. If you've ever seen an episode, there's times that he tries to tell Andy how to parent Opie. And I love what Andy says to him. He refers to that invisible child that he has. To point out that. Who, who would you go to? This is Rick and Marilyn Glass. Some of us that went to Freed Hardin may know them. This is uh, Amy Glass's mom and dad, one of our classmates. They had three wonderful daughters, all grow up and, and are faithful children. See, that's who I would want to talk to about parenting. That's who I would ask questions. Okay, I'll go ahead and tell you. Now, I will say this. When it comes to some parenting stuff, Barney had it figured out. You do nip it in the bud, okay? I would say that, but if I'm wanting information, I want to find someone who is knowledgeable. If your dog is sick, if you you're have an animal that's sick, can I tell you, you don't take it to an animal taxidermist, okay? This guy stuffs dogs. You don't want to go to that guy. You don't want to go to a uh, taxidermist who's also a veterinarian. There are some conflict of interest there, okay? You want to go to someone who knows that, who knows animals and who loves them. As I think about this, what about if you wanted to learn how to fish? This was a, one of the close world record bass that was caught in Japan. If you wanted to learn how to fish, who would you go to? You know, I think about this. I've been fishing a long time. Yeah, it's me. There's an all. That's okay. Um, if I were going to, when I was a little boy and wanted to learn how to fish, can I tell you, I didn't ask somebody who lived in this desert where there was no water. I don't think that would be the most helpful person to tell me. I was blessed to have two uncles, one that thought he was Dale Earnhardt, okay, um, and another, and these guys were tournament bass fishermen. That's who I would ask. I had, I had a great aunt who was a great fisher fisherwoman and i had a preacher fred house here these are the people i would ask i wouldn't ask somebody who doesn't know because fishing is kind of a big deal to me and people fish for different reasons people fish for fun people fish for food people fish in, in a tournaments they like the competition and there are people who fish for a living they are commercial fishermen and if you want to know how to catch fish many times you can go to a guide service and have them to teach you the thing is, when you want some type of advice, the worst kind of advice is what? Unsolicited advice. The, the, what you did not ask for. And, and what's interesting here is, is, I like what Bernard Williams said, unsolicited advice is the junk mail of life. It's what people give you for that reason. And, and the thing is, whose advice do you follow? Usually it's the people we trust the people we have faith in, the people that we believe have some kind of expertise in a subject. But here's the thing. What about when Jesus gives you unsolicited advice? What do you do with that? What do you do when Jesus gives you unsolicited advice? Can I tell you, that happened in Scripture. 
It happened in Scripture, and, and it happened on the side of the Sea of Galilee. As you see, the Sea of Galilee was, was, you know, in the middle, you've got all these areas around, and in the very middle, you have the Sea of Galilee. You have the Mediterranean Sea, but in the Sea of Galilee was a place that people commercial fish, and a lot of people lived around this. It was a source of water. It is where they came. And as Jesus was around the Sea of Galilee as a place where he spoke from time to time, one of the reasons was, if you've ever been there, so I know we had some people just go on a trip to the Holy Lands. What is interesting, if you look at the Sea of Galilee, it is sort of in a bowl. There, there are beautiful uh, hills, if, if you will, mountains that come down and go into it. So it's really neat. If you're on the water looking up, you have a natural amphitheater. So it ends up being a really good place to speak. It has acoustics where you can speak to a lot of people. And the way people fished there is, is they weren't chunking winders like me. Chunk, chunk and wine, that's, that's what I do. They were net fishermen. Why? Because they were commercial fishermen. They wanted to catch as many. It wasn't about sport. It was about how many can we catch because this determines not only how we eat, but how we feed our family. Let's look here in Luke chapter 5. Jesus is going to give some unsolicited advice here in just a moment. It says, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, they hear the word of, uh, press on him to hear the word of God. They wanted to hear him preach. He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret when he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Why? Because when you got a saltwater situation, the nets they throw in, the saltwater will destroy those nets. So every time they come in from fishing, they have to go clean their nets. I just take my rod and reel, I can put it up. Can you imagine having to come in, the work that that would be after fishing to, to try to wash the salt out of those nets? He said, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, this, this is Peter's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Jesus walks up, there's two boats on the land. He gets in a guy's boat and says, hey, let's just go out here a little while. Let's go out here a little way, and, and, and Simon does that. He said, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. Fishing can be work. That's what he says. We toiled all night. We worked all night. We sing the song. Fished all night and did what? Caught no fishes. That, that is what happened. And he said, we have done this all night, but at your word, I will, I will do this. At whose words? What's Jesus' background? He's a carpenter. He's not a professional fisherman. That is what Peter was. He was a commercial fisherman. That is what he did for a living. And he has a carpenter get in his boat and tell him what to do. He said, when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Imagine how many fish that would be. Peter's out there. He's thrown out the net. It is so much it is breaking the nets. Gets the other boat out there so they can help bring this in. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, that had, that they had taken. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. 
And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Do you realize what just happened? They just took unsolicited fishing advice from a carpenter. And I think as we go through this and break this down sort of point by point, what I want you to see is what he told them, but also the lessons in faith these guys learned. The lessons in faith that they gained from listening to someone who is much more than a carpenter, he's the one that created fish. Pretty good person to listen to. Did they know that? Not necessarily. But let's look at what they learned that day. Because I think the same life lessons apply to us. I think we see faith as a choice. He says, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out from them, were washing the nets, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's. He asked him to put out a little from land, and he sat down and talked to people from the boat. He didn't have to say yes. He could have said, what? Get out of my boat. My shift is over. I worked all night. See, Simon wasn't there to hear Jesus speak. He was there because he had just gotten through fishing. But he chose to do what Jesus said. Can I tell you, all of us, when it comes to faith, we have a choice. Now, the choice affects our eternity. The choice affects everything. But Jesus didn't just choose some and not choose others. You had the opportunity to choose Christ, and to choose faith. That's what he did. I think one of the first lessons we learn is accept that you could only do so much. That's what we call it when we fish all day and don't catch any fish. We get skunked. And it does stink. I'll just go ahead and tell you. When you go fishing and you catch zero, some people say you just had not fished long enough. Sometimes you have to go. I find it interesting that when he told him to, to, to go out further, he said, what? Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. We've already tried this. And what I think is really neat is here's what Peter realized. God's God and I'm not. One of the greatest, if I stop preaching right now, some of you be happy. But if we got this, I could stop. For us to realize God is God and I am not. Well, how would that change our lives? I wouldn't have to worry about as much because the whole world is where? In his hands. It could change everything. It could change me wanting to bargain with him because if I realize he's God and I am not, then I become faithful and obedient to him. One of the great lessons we can learn is that we can only do so much on our own. Secondly, I think it's important I learn here that keep on going when you want to quit. Peter was willing, ready to go home. The other fishermen already got out of the boat, and they're cleaning nets. He's wanting to go. He says, what? Hey, we fished all night. See, so realize this is not like going out fun fishing, and you come back and say, did you catch anything? No. These guys don't get to pay their employees when they don't come home with fish. These guys don't have food for their family. This is a business. This is not, again, going fun, fish, and catch, and release. And the thing is, they kept going. They're tired and discouraged. Can you believe that if this is your job, this is what you do for a living, and you go out and come back, you question yourself, going, what's going on? I know how to do this. They kept going when they wanted to quit. What about you and your walk in faith tonight? 
can I promise you through your life, through walking with God, there's going to be days that you struggle and days that you say, you know what, I, I don't know if I can keep going. Can I tell you something? Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Keep, keep moving. Keep on going when you want to quit because God can do some amazing things and will do some amazing things in your life. Also, I think we learn here to trust God's Word even when it doesn't make sense. See, when you, you read some about the way that the guys fished then, it, it was very different than what Jesus told him to do. The fishing there was done at night because the fish would come in and feed shallow at night. So they'd go out, throw their nets out shallow, throw out whatever type of bait it was they would come in, and they would come in, they would catch them shallow. They did not catch water, catch fish deep during the day. That was not, that's why they fished at night. So he comes in and said, hey, one, go out deeper than you would usually fish. I can sit there and imagine being an apostle Peter going, I know how to catch fish. We've already failed doing what we're supposed to do. By the way, I know you usually fish at night, but we're going to fish during the day. And again, the wrong person telling him. Are there ever times that God's Word may not make sense to you? Can I tell you, telling us to be baptized for remission of our sins is interesting, isn't it? That we get into water straight from Mount Juliet Public Water or wherever else we are. Or we could go down here to the creek. It's deep enough today. We'd have to hold on to you. If not, you'd just scoot on away. It's rushing pretty good. But to know that he says in order to be saved through faith, you must be baptized into Christ. That is to be fully immersed and put under the water, and it washes away our sins. Does the water literally take it away? No, Jesus is in the water. His blood takes away our sins. All that sounds counterintuitive, does it not? But we believe the one who said it. We trust him. Think about Jeremiah 10, 23. Where it says, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who, who walks to do what? To direct him, his steps. Why? Because we need God to direct him. We need to trust in him. Proverbs 5, 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Putting our faith in him. I think about 2 Kings 5 when... Naaman goes to the prophet Elisha and, and he says, you know, what must I do to be healed of this leprosy? And he says, go dip in the Jordan seven times. There was nothing that made sense about that. The Jordan is not this clean and beautiful lake all the way through. There's times it looks as muddy as our creek does down here. He goes, I... I could go so many places. I could go in so many different clean, there, there may be some waters that have some medicinal things. If you've ever been to the Dead Sea, they talk about people take stuff out of the Dead Sea all the time for what? For beauty and health stuff. I know they sell it at the malls. If you're not quick enough, they'll come up and slap some on you. Y'all have seen the little kiosk there, right? You, you make a loop around it because you don't want to get too close. You sit there and think about it. He says, go go to here. Go to the Jordan and dip seven times. Not six, not eight, but seven times. And once he does that, and, and what was it about? It was about faith and obedience. And once he chose to be faithful and obedient, Naaman was healed. 
See, we trust God's word even when it doesn't make sense to us because his ways are higher than our ways. Again, when it comes to baptism, his ways are higher than our ways. We trust what he has said do. Also, I think you have to be willing to launch out. How different would the story be if it says Jesus got in the boat and the apostle, and the, not the apostle yet, but Simon Peter said, please get out of my boat. Or if he said, hey, launch out to the deep. He said, hey, I've already let you use my boat for a, for a stage long enough. I'm ready to go home. I'm tired. I hadn't seen my family. I hadn't eaten. I'm ready to go to the house. He was willing to launch out in faith and listen to what God has said. Can I tell you, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, it is about people who launched out. Noah was somebody who launched out. When God told him to build an ark, he built an ark. Abraham, God said go, and, and he went. And Moses, even though it took a little persuading, he did what? He went. He launched out and led. You think about Mary willing to, to give birth to the Son of God. All these people did what? They launched out and had faith in God because he was God, and they listened to him. Be willing to launch out. Also, I, I think it's neat to remember the importance of teamwork. When they started catching fish, when this net is full, Peter signaled to the partners to come out and help. They were catching so many, the boat begins to sink. Can you imagine what would happen if the apostle Peter said, you know what, I want to do all this by myself. I want to show out. I want to show these other guys just how good a fisherman I am. Well, he may have drowned. He tried that walking on the water thing later. It didn't work out real good for him, Okay. But you think about here, he signaled in, these other people came out and they helped him. And because of that, what? We see that four there start doing what? Following Christ. I find it interesting, again, when you ask somebody for a fishing story, are you, are you expecting the truth? People ask me all the time, where'd you catch your fish? You know what I tell them? In the mouth. Because that's about as true as I can tell you about it. Because if you want to be somebody that somebody will take fishing, you, you can't remember where you've been or what you've done. I tell people I, I, I'm good to go because I'm really good with a dip net and I have no clue where we've been. See, can you imagine the stories that would come up and the bragging rights, again, for, the, for Peter to be able to say, hey, look at all these fish that I caught. Look, I'm going to start a new way to fish, go out during the day and all these things. That's, that's not what happened. See, what we learn is that God can give more than we ask or imagine. I know that was the theme verse here for last year. That that's him. He, he Now to him who is able to do abundantly more all that we ask or think, according to his power that as, is at work within us, he gives exceedingly abundantly above. Peter just caught no fish. If he had just called a couple, he'd have been like, wow, this was different. But God gave more than he could imagine. And also, I think we learn to be humble in our success. It wasn't about fish anymore for, the, for Peter. Because it wasn't his ability as a fisherman to catch those fish. It was in God's ability to provide and his faithfulness that God provided that. And what he did was he called Jesus Lord and Master. See, this is 
interesting. You know, if I had a, you had a day like this, a record-breaking day today, you could start your own TV show. You know, somebody who was a net maker could come up and say, hey, hey, Peter, we want you to use our nets. We want to endorse you. We want people to know, and we, 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 we'll help pay for repairs. On you. We'll do all these things. No, he, he was not marketing himself like that. It says, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. And he said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who, who were partners with him. When he saw the fish, it had nothing to do with the fish anymore. It had to do with the man who was in the boat. It had to do with Jesus. Why was Simon Peter willing to follow him after him? Because he saw his own sinfulness. I think only when I see myself as a sinner in need of a Savior will I follow Jesus. See, it is important that we realize our own sinfulness. When we forget our own sinfulness, I mean, that, the arrogance that comes from that, somebody who believes they don't need Jesus to save them, they're not going to worship because why would you worship somebody? If you've got it all together yourself and you don't need a Savior, why would you worship? Why would you tell anybody else? You tell them, hey, just figure it out on your own. Everything we do in Christianity stems from realizing that we had something we could not do anything about ourselves. It took Jesus to save us. It took him dying on a cross. Once we committed one sin, we cannot save ourselves because then we're a sin for, we are a sinner. What does it take? It took a perfect Savior to die on a cross for us. And we must be willing to accept his forgiveness and his lordship. I love that not only did Peter see his own sinfulness, he called him Lord. He realized who he was. And because of this, he, he was willing to leave everything for Christ. He did what? And Jesus said, sir, don't, don't be afraid. From now on, many of our translations said, I'll make you a fisher of men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. How amazing. That's what they own. That's how they made a living, their boats, their nets. And we're going to leave it all to follow this guy because he was a good fisherman? No, because he was a good fishing guide? No, because he was Lord. Because this is not a fishing story. This is a faith story. And it is a faith story that, that started here this day. And what you see is these men go from, from being followers of him to being willing to follow him to the point of death. And we see that they had a faith that would not stop once they saw who Jesus was. So tonight, will you trust the words of Jesus? Because when we're thinking about unsolicited advice, the Lord of the universe gets to tell you what whatever he wants. He's the one who built you. He, he is the one who knows you more intimately than, than anyone else. And are you willing to listen to him when your heart is breaking? Are you willing to listen to him when it comes to your, your finances? Are you willing to trust him when it comes to what he says about baptism? Are, are you willing to trust him and what he says do about telling other people about him and being a contagious Christian? 
and be evangelistic, being willing to trust him in every aspect of our life. It changes everything. Tonight, just a few lessons from, from some fishermen and from Jesus. Faith is a choice. You get to choose whether to follow or not. Now, the results of this, your choice here, affects you eternally. Choosing to follow him uh, gives eternal life. Choosing not to follow him leads to eternal death, and not making a choice is choosing not to follow him. Realize you can only do so much. God is God and, and you are not. And realize that, that he is not limited. He has no limitations and, and you do. And putting your tr faith in him. Also keep going when you want to quit. When you feel like life is, is struggling, faith may not be working for you, keep on walking toward him. Also trust God when it doesn't make sense. When God has told us to do something, then do what it says regardless of the consequences, regardless of the situation, and trust him to be with you through this. Be willing to launch out. Be willing to, to get away from what you think and sort of get away and to make a difference. Remember teamwork. God did not call any of us to, to, to just be an individual person out there. We, he called us to be a part of a church, a part of his body. Remember that God's blessings can bless beyond anything we can ask or imagine. And when we do have success on earth, make sure we give all glory and honor to God. It is from Him that all blessings come from. And be willing to leave everything for Christ. Again, it is not a fishing story. It is a faith story. See, the important element is that the call to walk with Jesus takes priority. So, so that we are prepared to be whatever or wherever God calls us to be. That we allow Him to be our Lord and we do like Peter, and we fall down on our knees and call him Lord and Master, that we trust him and we obey him. Tonight, will you take the advice from Jesus? We, we allow him to guide your life. If you're not his child tonight, he wants you to be. He doesn't want anybody to be lost. He wants you to be saved. Will you listen to him tonight and through faith, Choose to be baptized for mission of your sins. Tonight, it may be an opportunity you say, you know what, Craig, I'm struggling. I've got a lot going on, and, and I want this church family to, to pray with me and for with me. We'd love to do that. Also, you may be like, Craig, I'm struggling with sin. I want to ask for forgiveness, and I want this church to, to pray for, for my strength and encourage me. We would love to do that. Tonight, if we can help you to follow our Savior, we would love to help you with that. If you would now come while we stand and while we